0: episode eight of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build an online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, as always, Graham Cochran. Thanks for hanging out with me for a bit today. And we're gonna talk about refund policies. Ooh, nobody likes refunds. and Nobody likes to talk about them. But really, underneath what a refund policy is, is the concept of risk transfer. So we're gonna talk about how powerful this concept is for you, and your customers, how it can make you more money and make your customers happier. Before we jump in, I wanna make sure that you've had a chance to check out my online business, Passive Income Workshop. If you haven't already, this is a free training that walks you through the four pillars of passive income, literally the, the wheel underneath the, of my businesses, the thing that spins and spins and spins and props up both of my businesses and any good online business or passive income business. It breaks down tools, tips, techniques, everything you need to start a passive income style business to generate your first thousand dollars a month in passive income, which would be game changing for most of us statistically and how to do that in as little as 30 minutes a day because I know you're busy, I know you already have a job or you're in school or you've got kids, you got a family, so we need to be able to start this on the side and be able to grow it strategically over time and that is what I teach you how to do in this workshop. It's free to attend, it's jam-packed with a bunch of content that you can use. I want you to take notes and apply it so that you can free up your time and eventually free up your life income-wise, once this thing builds into an even bigger business, if you so desire. Check it out for free at grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Again, that's grahamcochran.com slash workshop. All right, let's jump in to a concept and a topic that I don't think people really talk about enough. Um, and we need to talk about it because it's a normal part of any business that is refunds, right? You've bought something from Amazon it wasn't what you needed or not what you wanted or it broke or whatever, and you sent it back. You got a refund. You bought something at Walmart. It's not what you needed. Socks don't fit. You know, uh, the microwave doesn't work anymore, and it should have been working, and you just bought it. You take it back to Walmart. So refunds are a natural part of any business business. But when I talk about refunds with people, I realize that there's a lot of like emotional, <laughs> emotional weight and baggage tied up in the concept of refunds. Nobody wants a refund as a business owner, right? When somebody refunds something, we take it very personally. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. But this came up because I was in a conversation the other day on Facebook. There's a Facebook kind of message group that I'm a part of with some other really smart and successful business owners. And somebody was asking about hey, what's your refund policy? You know, I've got someone that bought a course of mine and they wanted to refund it. Um, and it's outside the refund policy, the outside the 30 days or the 60 days or whatever his uh, refund policy was. And he was asking the group of us, how would you handle that? Should I not give them a refund and say, hey, sorry, like you, you knew you had 30 days to, to refund or 60 days or whatever, or do I refund them anyway? Um, you know, with a a product like what I sell or what this guy sells, an online course, it's hard, and we'll get into this in a minute, that they can, in theory, watch your course and refund it and have learned what they need to learn and get their money back, um, but still have the knowledge. So that's what he was struggling with, and he didn't really want to give the refund. It was a lot of money. And so people were responding, I'm really bad with Facebook Messenger. I don't have any... um, uh, notifications on my phone. So I never know when people are talking on Facebook until I like log in once a week. I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole conversation happened. So this conversation had already happened. And uh, there was different responses. Some people responded, hey, stick to your guns. It's it's outside of the parameters of the refund policy, so they don't deserve a refund. Um, they're taking advantage of you, et cetera, et cetera. Other people responded and said, no, I would just give the refund. I don't think it's worth fighting them on it. And so it brought up a really good conversation um, The answer, in my opinion, opinion, to this specific person, should he give the refund, even though it's outside of the refund policy? The answer is a resounding yes. 100% don't even have to think about it. Give them the refund. Um, and today I'm gonna talk about the reason why your refund policy or your refund guarantee is critical to making you more money and satisfying your customers and how you talk about enforce or don't enforce, and handle refund requests can make or break your business. There's a lot of psychology happening here when it comes to refunds. And before we dive into my thoughts, I really want to quote someone who's much smarter than me, and that's Jay Abraham. Jay Abraham is one of our time's greatest salesmen um, and thought you know, leaders on the subject of sales and business. Uh, he's got a great book called Getting Everything You Can Out of All That You've Got, Jay Abraham, check that out. Uh, And in one of his chapters, he's talking about how to have a competitive advantage through what he calls risk transfer. I'm going to read a couple quotes for you. He says, one of the biggest competitive edge advantages you'll ever gain is to always make it easier for the client or customer to say yes than it is for them to say no. You do it by taking away the financial, psychological, or emotional risk factors that are always attached, whether stated or unstated, to virtually any decision-making proposition you ever ask a client to make. Skip ahead. He says, when you take away the risk to your prospect or client, you lower the barrier to action, thus eliminating the primary obstacle to buying. And that's what you must do. Assume the risk in every transaction you have with your clients. Let them know that if they are ever dissatisfied, you will give them their money back, redo the job at no charge, or whatever else it takes to demonstrate your total passionate commitment to their satisfaction. And then later on he says, I want you to push it into the heart of your selling message. Now, there's more he says here in this chapter. It's mind-blowingly amazing. Um, What he is saying is there is risk when someone buys something, right? Think about it. When you buy, um, let's say you buy a TV from Best Buy or Costco or Walmart, there's risk that the TV will break after a while or that the picture quality won't be as good as what you thought it would be. And you've spent $600, $1,000 of your hard-earned money on this TV. Or a pair of shoes, you know. Um, You buy a pair of shoes. They look great. Everything looks great new. You spend $100 on a pair of shoes. You get them home. There's risk that they'll fall apart within a year. And a year later, the soles are all ripped up. uh, The leather is coming apart. There's stains on them that are hard to get out. And the risk you take is spending money for something that doesn't last very long. There's risk of clothing that doesn't quite fit the way it fit in the store over time. There's risk of you, let's say in my space, I sell information and transformational products like courses and membership sites. So there's a risk for you buying my course, you'll spend money with me, and then the information you learn and take action on, which you have to take action on, um, will not produce the results that you need, and then you will have spent money and not gotten the results you want. Uh, There's risk. Anytime we buy something, you buy a house, there's risk that it'll fall into the earth if you're in Florida and there's a sinkhole or it'll fall into the earth if you're in California and there's an earthquake or it'll be swept away by a tornado in the Midwest or whatever it is. There's risk when we buy things and the risk is that we will lose our money because we spent money to acquire the thing. But really money is the storing or the holding tank of our Time, because we spent hours working to obtain that money. So we're really risking our time. And really our time is the most precious commodity we have because we can't get it back because time is our life. So when we spend money on something, if it doesn't work, we're risking our life, which sounds dramatic, but if you think about it, that's what's happening. So that's why when you buy something on Amazon, let's say, you don't just buy something blindly if you have any ounce of uh, intelligence, you look for products that have reviews, right? And then you look for products that have really high reviews and lots of reviews and you read some of those reviews to know if other people have had a successful experience with this product so that it can reduce your risk in your mind because you feel a little bit more at ease because you know other people have liked what they've purchased. See how it's all about risk. It's all about risk and traditionally, the risk falls on the customer because they're the ones that have to buy the thing. And if it doesn't work, they're, they're out their money or their time or even their time researching what to buy. And that's how a lot of businesses off, offer their products is like buy it. And maybe, maybe they actually have a refund policy, but they hide it. And they certainly don't uh, want you to take advantage of it. And what Jay Abraham goes on to say in his chapter is that your refund policy should be at the core of your sales message. Because what we want to do is transfer risk from the customer that's potentially buying your thing, the client that you're about to work with. We want to transfer the risk from them to ourselves as the business or the brand or the business owner. It's our duty to do this. And for you, if you want to stand out in a crowded field, if you want to sell more product, if you want to delight customers and be well thought of in the industry, then pay attention. All you have to do is work very hard at transferring any and all risk away from potential customers or clients. Transfer that risk to yourself because no one wants to do this. Your competitors aren't gonna do this. So transfer the risk from your customers to you. And here's why this works. When you transfer the risk, when you have a guarantee or a refund policy, and we'll get into what this looks like in a minute, it forces it, or excuse me, it makes it easier it makes it easier for your customer or your client to say yes to you. So if you think about it, let's say you're on my sales page for one of my courses and you're reading through it and you're like, man, Graham, this sounds great. I like this idea. I want the benefit that you're selling. I want those results that your students are getting. I want the results that you've gotten from this material. I want it, I want it, I want it. If it's a desirable product... Generally, it's easy to sell because you understand the benefit of it and they want it. It comes down to the wire when they see the price and they're like, okay, they're thinking, is it worth that money, amount of money to me? A, do I have that amount of money is it probably a better starting question. Um, but when they're unsure, if you land on my sales page, you're going to see a guarantee. A no risk guarantee is the language that I'll be using. And I'll say, look, I want to make this no risk to you, I wanna take on all the risk. So you can buy this course today at this said price, and you can watch every single video in this course, you can apply every single principle in this course, and you've got 60 days, two months, to watch it, learn it, apply it, have some time to get some results flowing in, and if you don't like it for any reason, if you're not getting the results you want, if if it's confusing to you, if you just don't like the way I look in the videos or what I talk about, or if it just isn't what you wanted, you can email me or my team within 60 days and ask for a complete refund of your money. And we'll pay you back every cent, no strings attached. When I make that promise to you, it makes it easier for you to say yes, because if you're on the fence You can say, well, I have nothing to lose because he said he's gonna give me my money back if I don't like it. So really, I can pay for it now, try it out, see what I think, it's almost like a test drive, but I've paid for it now, and if I like it, then Graham keeps the money, I keep the course, and we're happy. If I don't like it, I get my money back. That makes it easier for you to say yes. A good example of a brand that does this right now is a company called Carvana. Carvana sells cars. They're an, a used car uh, company. They have all brands. They're nationwide. One thing that's unique about them is they have a car vending machine, which is kind of cool. It's literally a tower of cars and you can punch in the car you want to buy and it comes down and spits it out and dispenses it to you. It's pretty crazy. We have one here in Tampa. It's pretty crazy to see. But it doesn't matter. You don't have to have one of them. Uh, you don't have to go to one of their locations. Their whole deal is they you buy a car online through their website and they deliver it to you. They deliver it to you. And that sounds crazy if you've ever bought a car because normally you want to test drive it. But the whole idea is you buy it now, we'll deliver it to wherever you want it, drop it off. Um, you you can take a look at it, make sure it's exactly what you want and you don't even have to accept it. If it's dented or something wrong with it, they'll take it back. Um, but if you want it, you sign off on it, you take it, and you have a whole seven days to test own it, is what they call it. Test own it for seven days. Drive it around take it to school with your kids, take it to work, go on a weekend trip, whatever. If you don't like it in those seven days, we'll come pick it up and refund you your money. And you can pick out a different car or no car. Talk about risk transfer. What does it make you think about or feel or want to do if you're interacting with that brand. You feel like, well, I really have nothing to lose because I can actually drive this car for a week and get my money back if it's not what I expected or if I just don't like the smell of it or the color. Or if I don't get good gas mileage. Whatever it is, you can get your money back. It makes it easier for you to say yes to this company. So, when you have risk transfer set up. It makes it easier for your customers to buy from you. And that's what you want because they're on the fence. Nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, they're probably on the fence because they're trying to decide if it's worth spending money with you. So make it easier for them to say yes. So if they say no to you later, no problem. If there was no different than them saying no to you at the beginning, but at least give them a chance to say yes, you'll get more sales this way. Two, when you have risk transfer at the heart of your sales messaging, it forces you, the business owner, the product creator, the service provider, to actually deliver on your promise, which is super important. If I put all the risk on my customer, I don't have to deliver. It's like, hey, buy it and hopefully it works for you. That's not a good way to do business. If I put the risk on me, the business owner, and I'm saying, look, I can give you your money back if you don't like it, then they'll buy it. I'll probably get more sales but it puts the pressure on me to actually deliver a product that gets them results. Otherwise, everyone's just going to refund and then I really don't make money. But that's the way it should be, right? That's the way businesses should be. They should have the pressure to deliver what they promise. We have too many businesses and brands that have big promises, great marketing, but their product fails to deliver. Okay? Their service fails to deliver. What we need are businesses who actually care about delivering something that holds up to the promises. And I'm always in favor of you and I being forced to deliver on our promises. It's better for our customers and clients. It's better for the industry at large. And it's better for us. It keeps us honest because we're not in the game of selling stuff. That's not what business is about. We're in the game of solving people's problems and delighting people and making the world a better place through our products and services. Yes, that involves selling those products and services, so you need to learn how to do that well, but it always starts with the product or service. It needs to deliver. So I think that's great about risk transfer. It forces me to deliver a better product. And if I don't have a good product, it forces me to go back to the drawing board and cook up a better product, or revise the product, make it better. Make sense? All right third reason that risk transfer is good is it gives your customers a more delightful experience. So what this looks like is you've got a risk-free guarantee, no risk guarantee, zero risk for them. Uh, You you, you make it easier for them to say yes, so you're going to get more sales because they have less pressure. They don't feel the risk. Forces you to deliver a better product, which is good for them. And then even if they refund, and we'll talk about how to handle refunds and set up a refund policy in just a second. Even if they refund, if you do this right, the way I teach you, the fact that they were able to try it out, get their money back, just like you promised, even if they get their money back and don't end up going to the product, their experience with you is a positive one, a delightful experience, even when they refund which makes them what? It makes them speak highly of you to other people. At the very least, it makes them think highly of you. It gives your brand a high status in their minds. It it makes their experience and interaction with you and your brand very positive, which is marketing. It's branding. It's good PR for you. A couple episodes ago, we talked about how you have no competition, just collaborators and how I make an effort to befriend people in my space doing exactly what I do. So even if they don't like me, even if they don't want to ever partner with me, even if they're going to do their own thing, they can't help but say good things about me because my reputation precedes me. And I asked you to do the same thing. This is the same kind of thing. Your refund policy, the way you refund customers that were unsatisfied with your product can still be good PR and marketing and branding for you and make them love you. I have had ex-customers, I don't know how you want to call it, people that bought something and they refunded, I've had them tweet about me. Oh, Graham's awesome, you should buy his stuff. Even though they refunded my thing, they're singing the praises of my brand and my products. Why? Because their experience with me was delightful. Because I refunded, no questions asked. And it made it easy for them to say yes and then easy for them to say no after they purchase if they change their mind. Risk transfer. Okay, let's talk about how to set up a good refund policy. Because this goes back to the original story I was telling you about with these other entrepreneurs on Facebook. The guy who was asking about whether he should refund somebody after a lot of time had expired, right? Maybe his was you have 60 days to refund, which is great, and then somebody comes on day 100, or even day 65, let's say, and wants to get a refund. His question was, should I refund them? And the fact that he asked the question shows where so many, I'm not coming down on him because I've seen this question a lot, the fact that he even asked the question, should I refund this person even though it's outside of the window? The fact that he even asks this question shows a fundamental flaw in how we view refund policies. A refund policy is less about the specific days and more about risk transfer at large. It is so important that you have a refund policy, that you display it prominently, and that you back it up, no strings attached, uh, to the, the, the life of your business, the experience of your customers. And it starts with the way you view your products and refunds. So let's talk about this. First of all, you need to have a refund policy. If you don't have one, if you just say, here's the price, and you're just going to wing it, like, I'm just going to sell it, not say anything about a refund policy because I don't want to. This is what people say. I've heard them say this, and I know this is true because I thought this 10 years ago when I got started. If I say there's a refund policy or they have 30 days, I'm going to be implanting the idea in their heads that, oh, why Why would I want to refund? Maybe it's not going to be good. Maybe I I never thought about a refund policy. Maybe I should refund. That's like the the made up fear that if I somehow mention a refund policy, it's actually going to make people want to take advantage of me because maybe they weren't thinking about refunding, but now it's on top of mind. They might actually refund. Fundamentally backwards thinking. If you've thought this, welcome to the club, we all think this. Why do we think this? Because underneath the surface of our great marketing, our great sales copy, and our slick websites, all business owners are insecure. They're afraid. They're afraid of making something and somebody rejecting it and not liking it. This is why entrepreneurship is so much more akin to being an artist or a musician than anything else. Your products or services are your art. You make them, you believe in them, you think other people will connect with them and then you put them out there for the world to experience or interact with and there is this fear of rejection because there is the possibility of rejection. It is very real. As a songwriter myself and a musician myself for my whole life, it is scary to write a song, record a song, put it out there in the world for people to hear it and see what happens because you hope people say, oh my gosh, Graham, I love this song, it's amazing. I love the lyric, I love that hook, I love the melody, I can't get that out of my head. That's what you hope for because you made something you believe in, you share it with somebody and they receive it and enjoy it as well and now we have this beautiful mutual connection. Nothing better in the world than making a piece of art and someone else receiving it and liking it. But there's also the fear of rejection. I can make a song, record it, share it, put it out there in the world, and either it's crickets, nobody says anything about it, which is just as awful as someone saying, this sucks, right? It's, it's It feels like rejection because nobody accepted it. Or people could say, eh, I don't really like it. Or kind of sounds amateur. Or it kind of sounds like a ripoff of so-and-so's song. Dude, that will kill you as an artist. And that's why on my music brand, there's so many of my students over there who are petrified of sharing a song that they've worked hard to record, because what if it gets rejected? It's a real fear. If you're if you're an author writing a book, same fear. If you actually create paintings or art, or my wife's a photographer and she creates amazing uh, photographs that people can buy, scary as all get out. What if I take this picture, do this photo shoot, and the client rejects it? Okay? It's scary. It's the same with entrepreneurship. You've worked hard on your product. You've worked hard on your service. You have something amazing that you believe in, on your best days you believe in, but you put it out there for sale, what if somebody buys it? That's only half the journey because then if they don't like it or if it's not what they expected, what if they refund? That's rejection. I mean, both of those words start with R-E, right? It's rejection. A refund feels like rejection. So that is why we don't want to bring up a refund policy in our sales copy and our marketing because we're afraid of telling people it's like It's like putting out a song and saying, hey, but if you don't like it, if the song, if if you're not driving with it, it's okay, you can get your money back. It feels sheepish. It feels like we're selling from our heels, which you never want to. You want to sell with confidence. But let me tell you, that is completely backwards thinking. Because you're thinking of your refund policy from a point of fear and a point of selfish pride and narcissism. Okay? It's not about you. Think about refund policies as simply risk transfer. Like Jay Abraham said, this is a competitive edge for you. If you say, hey, I believe so much in this product. I believe so much in this service, 100, a million percent. I know you're going to love it. But in case for some reason that I can't think of, it doesn't work for you, or you don't like it, or it's just you just change your mind. I want to make sure that you have nothing to fear because you've worked hard for your money. I respect you so much that I want to take away all the risk from you, put it on my shoulders so that I have to deliver. You buy it now, you are covered by a 60-day policy or whatever you want to say, uh, and if you don't like it, hit me up anytime during the 60 days and my team and I will refund every cent of your purchase, no questions asked, so you have no risk, okay? This is the core of you actually being confident in your product and it makes them say, Dude, this person really believes in what they're selling. I'm gonna buy this thing. So step one for your refund policy is A, have one. Don't hide it, have one. And not only have one, make it super prominent in your sales copy. It should be super, super prominent. I use a big old image of a 100% satisfaction guarantee, like a seal, uh, even if it looks cheesy, I just like, look, 100% guarantee. I I say no risk guarantee. I have a whole section of my sales copy. I don't just mention it in one line, like a throwaway line, like, hey, you got 30 days to try it out. I spend some time talking about it in the sales copy. So make it prominent, do not hide it. And then what do you say in it? Well, you pick a certain number of days, 30 days is fine, 60 days is fine, Um, 90 days is fine. I've got a buddy that has a 365 day guarantee. It's a whole year to try it. We'll get into why none of this matters in a minute, but tell them how, what the days are, how many days they've get, they get to try it. And then tell them that there truly no strings attached. And I make this really clear that I, and I joke about it. I say, if you don't, if you don't like the content, if it doesn't work for you, if you don't like my hair or if you don't like my shirts, literally these are things people have complained about on YouTube, by the way. So I joke about them. If you just don't even like the way I speak, If you just don't like any of it for any reason at any point, email me within the 60 days and I'll refund your money 100%. No questions asked. I literally use that language. You can say that. No questions asked. Why do I say that? Because nobody wants to be harassed when they request a refund. Because most people, now there are some people out there that aren't this way, but most people are honest, genuine people, and they buy something, if they're unhappy with it, they feel bad asking for a refund, especially if they like you and your brand, if it's more of a personal brand. If it's Amazon, I don't feel bad because it's faceless. It's nameless, right? It's not even their products. So I don't feel bad asking for a refund with Amazon or Walmart. They don't care. I don't care. Nobody cares. The, the person I talk to doesn't care. They're just collecting a paycheck. But if it's someone like, like me, you bought a course from me, you probably would feel bad. I know you will because my students feel bad at the email. They're like, hey, I'm sorry, it just wasn't a good fit. Eight out of 10 feel bad asking for a refund. They already are afraid of me saying, well, you know, why why are you refunding? Did you not try it? Did you not put it into practice? They, 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 don't, they don't want to deal with the awkwardness. So hey, newsflash, here's a brilliant idea. Don't make it awkward for them. As the business owner, don't make them feel any more bad than they feel. Eight out of 10, and this is a made up statistic, but it's just anecdotal from my experience over 10 years of doing this, eight out of 10 are gonna feel bad for refunding. So, hey, make them feel okay. Say no problems. There's literally no questions asked. When you ask for refund, I will not ask you any questions. And I've seen this before where, especially with online courses, I've seen this before where there's like a show me your homework guarantee where there's you can ask for a refund within 60 days, let's say. But when you do, I want you to show me that you did the work. As long as you show me that you did the work, maybe show me your notes or show me that you did the action step. As long as you show me that you at least tried, I'll refund you. And I understand the logic of this because as a as a Educator, a coach, a teacher, I know better than anybody that my content alone cannot get you results. It is you applying my content and taking action that will get you results. Courses don't make people get results. The people taking the courses and implementing the material is what gets results. So, of course, the onus is on you to take action. And so I get the heart behind it like, show me your work. And then I'll know that at least you tried and it'll give you a refund. But here's why this is a stupid idea. And I'm sorry if you do this, but I'm gonna call you out. This is a stupid idea. What does this make your customer feel like? I mean, put yourself in their shoes. If you ask for a refund and I'm telling you, okay, but show me your work. It's kind of like bullying. You already feel bad asking for a refund. You already feel kind of stupid. You already feel like the power is in my hands, not your hands. You're, you're, you have to ask for your money back. You can't just go take your money back. So you're already like, please, can I have my money back? And if I bully you and say, okay, even if I say it politely, show me your work, it just feels like I'm, again, cornering you and saying, well, I don't believe you that it didn't work. So show me that you at least did the work. That doesn't delight you as a customer. It just makes you feel like you have to, it's it's literally giving you more work to do and making you feel silly. Those are not emotions I want my customers to experience with my brand. I want them to experience delight. That's why there's no questions asked. I will not ask you a question. (laughs) So if you ask for a refund for me, here's what you're going to get. Before you even get an email from me, I will have already refunded you your money. So then when you get an email from me, it will say, hey, Susie, no problem. I have just refunded your payment of X number of dollars. You should see it back in your account in the next seven business days. That's the first thing you'll see from me. That is a beautiful thing because now they know their money's coming back. Now, here's a little pro tip. I always ask after I've refunded them and told them that I've refunded them, I always ask why. But notice that the order is super important. I never ask why before. I always say, hey, no hard feelings. I've just refunded your money. It's coming back to you. Thanks for giving it a shot. Very positive. They're like, "I'm get my money back. Feel good. Thank you, Graham. And then I ask, if you don't mind me asking, why did you refund? Sometimes they'll tell me in the email, but sometimes they won't. If you don't mind me asking, very polite, why did you refund? Was it not what you were expecting? How can I do a better job in the future for future customers or clients? Now, most people don't respond to that in my experience. Maybe they will for you, um, because they just want their money back. But I've gotten plenty of people that open up to me and tell me why they refunded. This is so helpful to me as a course creator, business owner, membership site creator, because now I get into the mind of why somebody bought it and then refunded. There was some disconnect. It maybe wasn't what they expected. So maybe there's a breakdown in my sales copy or messaging or positioning. It could be that I wasn't clear on something. It could be that I under-delivered in a certain area. Um, I had somebody bought a course that said I was really hoping for more community. Uh, really, honestly, I don't have the discipline to implement this stuff. And what I really need is some kind of accountability, which was a great, great piece of feedback because then I went back and forth Uh, and asked her, well, what would you want in a community? And we discovered that what she really wanted, was not just the content, but she really wanted like a a membership site where there's group coaching, where there's a community, a private community she can interact with, there's Q&A sessions. She wanted more than just content, and she needs more than just content, which I have logged away, and that's leading me to something really cool that I'll be telling about to you real soon. Um, But that was helpful to me, so I got a benefit from it. She has a positive experience, but it was only after I put the money back in her account Okay. So there's no strings attached, no questions asked. All they have to do is request a refund. But here's the thing final thing in your refund policy you must honor the refund policy. Do not fight them on this. Okay. Don't ask them to show their work like we discussed. And don't question any reason why they would refund, don't question them. Now, this comes back to the well-gram. What happens? That's fine if they refund within the 60 days that you set or the 30 days or the 90 days. What happens if they're requesting a refund and it's after the policy? Maybe even long after. Okay? A lot of times when this happens, they are aware of the policy and they will make some excuse. And I, I say excuse not in a negative sense, but they will have a reason why they're refunding now. So it could be, hey, they were really sick, uh, and they haven't gotten around to watching it, and so I know it's past the refund policy, but I, I just I haven't gotten a chance to look at it during the, that time period. It could be that they had a death in the family. It could be, uh, I've seen that someone had cancer, or I've seen that before. Uh, it could be um, that they were just really busy, and honestly, hey, I'm be honest, I was really busy, I never got around to watching it, and they don't even give a reason. Um, or it could be that they've been working on it and they wanted to give it more time and they're still not getting results and they're just not happy with it. Um, but they're aware. I'm aware that it's a 60-day policy, gram. What do I do now? Here's what you don't do. You don't say, I'm sorry, you're outside of the refund window. Why? Why would you? Why would you ever say that? They're unhappy with the product. It isn't delivering what they want. So now they're out their money, they don't have something they wanted for their money, two negatives, and here's the third negative, now they don't like your brand. Even if it was their own fault, even if they know in their heart of hearts that they just bought it and they should have watched it in those 60 days or should have used it in the 60 days uh, and they didn't take advantage of it, even if they know that it was their fault that they didn't try it out enough within the refund window, they still have a negative experience because now they're out their money, they don't have anything to show for it, and you were kind of a jerk because you stuck to your guns. Here's what you should do. Every time someone requests a refund, you refund. Why? Because they get their money back, they're happy to not have the product anymore because it wasn't giving them what they wanted anyway, so they feel happy like, okay, cool, I, there's a fair exchange. And then three, they just have a positive experience with your brand. It doesn't matter if they, if if your policy is 60 days, I think most of my products are 60 day window for the refund request. It doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. That's why my friend has a 365 day policy because it's, to him, it's really arbitrary. It's all about risk transfer at the point of sale. The refund request or the refund policy has little to do with actually when they request a refund or if, and more about the day that they're purchasing. It is used as a psychological tool to reduce the risk from your customer, transfer it 100% to you to make it easier for them, like Jay Abraham says, to say yes. Make it easier for them to say yes. You'll increase the number of sales you make, and if your product is truly world-class, which it should be, otherwise why are you in business, then it will create more happy customers and 90% of them will stick around. They won't refund they won't refund. So you're gonna get more sales and more people are happy. Now, you will increase refunds if you have a really high, uh, heightened and aware refund request policy or risk reversal guarantee. If if you make that prominent, you're gonna get more sales. So statistically, you will get a higher amount of refunds because the percentage of refunds, even if that stays the same, more people in, more people refund. That's a natural part of the process. but. That's to be expected. You're going to get more sales than you are refunds. So it's worth it to you. You set up that risk transfer or that guarantee knowing that the moment somebody requests a refund, you're going to refund them. I don't care if it's three years later. And I've had that happen. I've had a guy bought a product. It was two to three years after he bought it. And he felt so bad. Hey, man, I've just never used this material. I know this is way out of the window. Can I refund? I said, sure, man. What does that do? So I lose a couple hundred bucks? Is it, I gain, what I gain is someone's loyalty forever. Even if they don't ever buy something from me, like I said earlier, they will sing my praises. And all for a couple hundred bucks. Don't, don't squeeze them and nickel and dime them. Even if it's a thousand dollar product, who cares? Delight them, make them truly believe that you, you meant what you said when you said, 100% 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If they're not satisfied, make them satisfied. And there are brands that do this. Sweetwater, they sell audio equipment and they, sell, they also have their own line of microphone cables. If your microphone cable gets frayed or cut or chipped or broken, you can literally, I'm not telling you to do this, you can literally cut the cable in half with a pair of scissors. You can mail it back to them, the broken, ripped up cable, forever. And they'll mail you a new one. Right? Like, who does that? Who does that? Someone who wants your business for life. They want you as a lifetime customer. They don't. They don't care if they lose twenty-five bucks on a cable. They don't care if you even take advantage of them. They want to have you as a customer. And my experience with them is, I'm delighted every time. So this is what sets you up for success. So let's wrap this up for you. Here's your three action steps. One. Decide what your refund policy is going to be. Is it going to be 30 days? Is it going to be 60 days? Is it going to be 90 days? Is it going to be 365 days? Decide what it's going to be. Two, make it prominent in all your sales messaging. Don't hide it. Make it make it a benefit. Make it as prominent as any one of your benefits. Like, here's why you should buy from me, because there's no risk for you. Make it prominent. Remember what Jay Abraham says. It gives you a competitive edge. You'll sell more. Be proud of it. Okay. And then three so, one, decide on what the number of days is going to be. Be clear on that. Two, make it prominent, be proud of it. And three, and this is the most important because it's all about psychology, even for us. When you, not if, but when you get a refund request, fight, fight, fight the urge to take it personally when those requests come. It's not personal. It's just not personal. It has nothing to do with you. I know as the artist, when you put something out in the world and someone rejects it, it feels personal, but it is not. If in this, this is just good advice in life. Assume positive intent when someone says something negative, okay? If you're always assuming negative intent, someone says, you know, "Ah, I don't really like your song. If you assume negative intent, you're assuming so much about that person. You're assuming that they're a jerk, they're mean, they don't like you, and it shapes the way you view them and shapes the way you respond to them, and you become a defensive person that's super insecure. Or if someone says, hey, I don't really like the song, you could assume positive intent and assume that either they're joking or they just don't like that style of music and they're more of a country artist person and you're hip-hop or whatever, and you'd be like, eh, it's not. it's not me, it's them. Now, they might genuinely not like you, but you could assume positive intent and then not be defensive and not take it personally. And and it makes the relationship much, much better. Do this also when someone refunds. Assuming negative intent assumes that they're, you know, manipulating you, they're taking advantage of you, they just watched everything and wrote down notes and now they're going to refund it and they just don't want them to have to spend the money and they want to take all your stuff and run with it. That's a huge assumption. And yes, it's true for some people because there are some jerks out there. There is nothing, you and I can do about the people that are going to take advantage of us. There's nothing we can do about it. But it's an awful thing to assume that everyone's that way, that refunds. And that's kind of what we do. If you search your heart when someone refunds and you take it personally, you assume, especially if it's outside of the 90-day window or 60-day window, you assume they're taking advantage of you. That is a huge assumption, assuming negative intent. Don't do that. Don't do that. Life is not about you. It's not about you. Stop looking at yourself. It's about them. So assume positive intent. Assume that they're an honest, decent human being and it just wasn't a good fit for them. That's the language you can use. It's not that your product's broken, unless everyone's refunding and then you might need to rethink your product, but assume it's just not a good fit. And so, hey, no problem, it just wasn't a good fit for you. Refund their money and move on. They will be happy. You will be happy. They will be delighted in the experience. They will know that you were 100% honest when you said there's no risk to them because they experienced it. It's good for business. It's good for your heart. Don't take it personally. Give them anything that they want. When they want a refund, always, always, always give a refund. Move on and sell more products to more people. There you go. Those are my thoughts on refund policies and risk transfer. Again, check out Jay Abraham's book, Getting Everything You Can Out of All That You've Got. Just great for sales and entrepreneurship in general, especially when he talks about what we're talking about today, which is risk transfer. Uh, And if you're, again, at the beginning of this journey, so much of lowering your refund requests, the amount of refunds you get is making a really good product. And so much of making a really good product is understanding what people want. And so I have this workshop that I've told you about, a passive income workshop. It's not a workshop designed to just teach you how to make money doing nothing by just manipulating people or promising big things and putting together some piece of crap digital product. No, that's not what I teach. If you want to reduce refund requests, if you want to delight customers, you have to actually build something that they want. How do you know what they want? You research. And I teach you how to do that in this workshop. It's one of the four components to these uh, the passive income sort of cycle, this beautiful cycle that makes money without you being present. And so I teach you literally how I do this research to know what kind of products to build that you can feel comfortable and confident with having a no risk guarantee. I believe in my products 100% because I've done the research. And if they don't land, if the product doesn't work out, I go back to the drawing board, tweak, figure out what was wrong about it. I teach you how to do this inside of this workshop. So it's a good place to start. And if you already have an online business, it's a good refresher, if you haven't already watched it, on how I view making digital products. So check it out at grahamcochran.com slash workshop. It's a free workshop, about 45, 50 minutes. Watch it, take notes, and especially watch that fourth component when we talk about digital products. It's not just about having any product. It's about having the right product, a product that's virtually guaranteed to sell to your ideal customers. It's super powerful. And then it really takes away the pressure for you to, uh, you know, hope they don't refund because you know that most people won't because it's a good product. Check it out, my gift to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, I'd appreciate a review. Just leave one right now. Give me a review. Tell me what you like about the show, what you want to hear more of, what you want uh, for me to discuss, what you need help with in your business. I'm here to help you do that. Have a great week. Best of luck in your business. I'll see you on another episode real soon.